Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Yevamus daf Ayin Beis. We are holding on daf Ayin Aleph and Beis. We are two lines before the end of the page. But Midbar, my time alone. Today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Landerer in honor of his wife and children. It is also sponsored by David Kesselman in honor of the shear and the helpful guidance he gives. He tried to sponsor it in my honor. Is that- yeah, because the shear doesn't give that much guidance. <laughs> we thank David very much. Also, by, by Jack and Jeanette Blumenkopf, Lili Nishmas, the yard side of Jeanette's mother, Shifra Sipora, Baschaim Shmuel, the yard side of Tzvei, Nisham Shavn Aliyah. We thank all of the sponsors very, very much for the sponsorship. So we are holding again two lines from the bottom of the page on Daf Ayinal from Beis, and the Gemara is going to discuss uh, the concept of Moshuch Ba'orla. So since we're talking about an Aurel and whether an Aurel is allowed to eat Truma, we're going to continue that discussion, and we're going to talk about someone who is Moshuch Ba'orla. So, so a person had a bris mila and now no longer has a bris mila. Along the way, the Gemara is going to discuss the concept of Shomer Psoyim Hashem. We're going to bring up that idea that, uh, that Shomer Psoyim Hashem. We're also going to talk about the halachic status of a tumtum, and we're going to have a brisa that mentions that a tumtum can have a wife, and the Gemara is going to discuss how could that possibly be that there's such a thing that a tumtum has a wife, um, and then uh, the Gemara on Amr Beis is going to talk about an arel doing hazaa of the mechatas of the efer paraduma. We already discussed doing hazaa on an arel when the arel is on the receiving end of the hazaa. But what about on the giving end of the hazaa? The halach is that a tame person is not allowed to do a hazaa. An RL has a din tame for some things. But do we assume that it's an actual form of tumor or that that's just the terminology that we use to describe the, uh, the spiritual problems or the metaphysical problems with an RL, but it's not an actual form of, uh, of tumor. So let's begin. Uh, to, again, two lines from the end of the page. Andaf ayin aleph and base. But midbar my time when Claudius was in the Midbar, why is it that they were not Makayim in the midst of Mila all of those years that they were traveling in the Midbar? So, one possibility is because of the traveling, it would have been a sakana for them to do it because they were so weak from the uh, from the traveling. The Ritva says that uh, it's a sakana to get a Mila. So, since the Torah tells us that they traveled, they never knew when they were going to have to travel next. There was never a time where they can confidently do a bris mila and assume that they'll be in one place long enough to not have to worry about doing a bris mila. So the Ritva says, oh yeah, if that's the case, why was Moshe Rabbeinu punished about his, his uh, children not having a bris mila? He uh, didn't mal them because they were on the derech to go back to Mitzrayim. So he says, yeah, because that was not al piyashem yachnu, al piyashem iso. That was still at a point where it was up to them to do, uh, to, it was up to Moshe Rabbeinu to figure out when he wanted to travel and when he didn't want to travel and therefore he should have done a mila at that point. So the Gemara says, which sounds like it's saying another answer, which the Ritva certainly understands that this is a second answer, that that the Ruach Tzvonis did not blow while they were in the Midbar, and therefore the, uh, the, the sun didn't shine as it should have, and uh, Mila would not cure, would not heal properly, because the Ruach Tzvonis was, uh, is helpful for Rafua because it's, uh, cool, it's, it's not too warm, it's not too cold, and through that the sun shines in its proper way, and the sun
sun ultimately has tremendous healing powers. So they weren't able to do a mila. And the reason I emphasize that, that the Ritva says that these are two separate answers, seems pretty obvious the two separate answers, is because the Beis HaLevi in Parshas Bishalach on the Pasuk of Ayavo Amalek explains that the two answers don't argue with each other and that you need both answers in order to, uh, to work. So anyway, Titania, Kolos, that the entire 40 years that the Jewish people were in the, were in the Midbar, the, the Ruach Tzvonis did, uh, did not blow that entire time, and therefore they couldn't get a Mila. So again, two possibilities. Either because why Klal Yisrael didn't, get, didn't do Bris Mila in the Midbar, either because the travel was too difficult and uh, it would have been dangerous, or because it was dangerous because they didn't have the normal healing power, they didn't have access to the normal healing power of the sun. So ask Lumar, my time, why was it uh, that, that, that it didn't that the Ruach Tzvonis didn't blow? Meaning we're just uh, we're saying because there was a natural phenomenon or an unnatural phenomenon that the Ruach Tzvonis didn't blow for those forty years. But why did that not happen? So two possibilities: either because they were nizufim, which Rashi understands means Hashem was still angry at them over the Chet Egel, and therefore they did not deserve that the uh, that the sun would uh, would shine for them in the proper way. The other Rishonim say that no. And the Zufim can't be because of the Chana Egel. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said Salachti after the Chana Egel. So they already got their Mechila from the Chana Egel. And they made a Mishkan after the Chana Egel. Then Hashras Hashchina after the Chana Egel. No, there's another major candidate of why there would be in the Zufim Lamakum. And that's the Avera we still pay for today. And that is the Chana Maraglim. And in that sense, they were they were uh, Nizufim uh, according to the first uh, the first understanding. The Me'iri says that the, even the, to be Miyashiv Rashi, that even though it was Nimcha Lehem, but there were still certain Tzitzin of the Chet that were Ma'akev. He uses that Lashon, Tzitzin and Ma'akvin, just like we use by Mila, there were Tzitzin of the Chet that were Ma'akev. There were still uh, portions of the Chet that somehow were, were, were causing us, uh, were still uh, on our criminal record, so to speak. The Orchliner says within Rashi, the Rashi's also mode that the Nazifa was because of the Chet Amaraglim, but he was just bothered that how could the Gemara say, Kol Arbaim Shana Lo the Maisa Maraglim was not until the second year. So that's how Rashi's filling in that gap. And he says in the first year we were in Nizufim because of the Chana Egel. And that's, uh, that took most of the first year because until from Yudzayin Tammuz until Rosh Chodesh Nisan where we finally had Ashra Sashchina and we were actually forgiven. And then Taka the Ruch Tzvonis uh, blew and we were mal, the children, and we did a Korban Pesach properly. But Petisha we did the Chana Maraglim and that came in Nizifa, uh, the, the new Nizifa. And uh, until uh, until we passed through uh, the the Yarden, so uh, so so the second year was rove benazifa from Tishabav until Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Rove of the second year is also benazifa, and therefore, if rove of the first year is benazifa, rove of the second year is benazifa. So that, that it makes sense that the Ruach Tzvonis did not blow kol arba'im shana throughout all forty years, even though there may have been a break in there, says the Aruch Lener, where Itaka did blow. So that's one possibility, and the other possibility the Gemara says is that uh, the Ruach Tzvonis couldn't blow because it would have dispersed the Ananiya Kavod, which of course the obvious Kasha is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge of the Ananiya Kavod, so the Ritva says HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a nace to bring us the Ananiya Kavod, the entire Ananiya Kavod were a miracle anyway, so if Hashem is going to make a wind can't he make a wind that doesn't blow away the, uh, the Ananiya Kavod so uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the like the, the Mishnah Pirkei Avos in the fourth part of Pirkei Avos says that the, the Ruach never blew the Ashan HaMa'aracha, so we had smoke on the Ma'aracha, on the Mizbech, it was a pillar of smoke 
and no matter how, how windy it gets in Yerushalayim, it went up as a straight pillar of smoke. So Kodesh Baruch Hu makes these kinds of miracles, right? This is in his repertoire, so why didn't he uh, make such a miracle for the Ananea Kavod? So the Ritva says Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't want to make a Neis Shalol Tzarech, because Midin Torah, the Mila, that's a Bisakana, you're allowed to delay, meaning that's the Halacha, that when it's a Sakana doing Mila, you're allowed to delay. And since we were in the Zubin, Kodesh Baruch Hu wasn't giving us extra opportunities to do mitzvahs, meaning it would have been a tremendous act of love by Kodesh Baruch Hu to make it that we were halachically obligated and therefore uh, permitted to do a milah. But Kodesh Baruch Hu wasn't interested in giving us extra opportunities to be able to do mitzvahs because we were nizufin at that time. So that's why uh, the Ruch Svanus didn't blow to not blow away the Anani Akavar, which gave us the uh, the problem of not being able to do bris milah, but it's a, it's a valid halacha kater not to do bris milah because then we were in sakana. Okay, so we said that we didn't get a milah that whole time. So Amar Papa Hilkach Yomadiiva. We see from there that if it's a cloudy day, Yomadushusa, or a day that uh, that the ruch dromis, uh, which is uh, which is the the uh, harshest of all the ruchos, is blowing. Loma alinun be. You shouldn't do a bris milah. Veloma sochrinun be. You also shouldn't do bloodletting. Meaning, don't put something that will uh, compromise you. Uh, health-wise on, uh, on those days that you don't have the normal natural therapeutic powers of the world. But nowadays, we don't take this into the Cheshman. People just do a bris on the eighth day. So we say, Shomer P'sayim Hashem, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu watches over people who are not Chachamim to know how to watch over themselves. If people aren't being careful, it's because people don't know how to be careful, and we assume Shomer P'sayim Hashem. Now that is a fascinating discussion in Halacha. When do we apply this concept of Shomer P'sayim Hashem? When do we say that a person has an obligation to guard their health and you're not allowed to say, well, I'm a fool and I don't know anything and therefore I'm going to just be a passy? And when do, do we say that this is the way the world operates? And Shomer P'sayim Hashem. Famously, Rav Moshe Feinstein has a tshuva in Chashemish for Chelik Beis, where he talks about uh, smoking and he applies Shomer P'sayim Hashem and he talks about eating fatty foods and he puts them in the same category. And he says, if you have something that... that, uh, that, that uh, um, that, that, that there are a lot of people uh, that, that, uh, that, that the food does not negatively affect um, and a lot of people eat uh, fatty meat and they eat uh, spicy foods on a constant basis and it's not a healthy thing to do but there's not going to be an isertiri mikshach sakano because most people do it and it doesn't seem that it causes them any harm and he brings a raya the Ramam writes in the fourth paragraph of Hilkos Deus about a lot of different types of food and drinks that are good and healthy for the, for the body and those that are very unhealthy, but he never used the Lashon of Iser, not Midaraisa nor Midarabanan. He never says Asru Chachamim or Asr, uh, unlike when he talks about something that's, uh, that's a Michshol for Sakharas Nefashos and Ilchus Rotzeach and Perakir Aleph, where he says you're not allowed to leave something around that's going to cause bodily harm, even if it's only a Chashash of Sakana for yourself. And he says it's a Chiyav Asei, Hishomer L'Chosh Mar Nafshecha and it's a Losasei, Losasim Damim Veveisecha. So but when there's only a chashash sakana, it's an ismid rabbanan, makas mardus. And yet when it comes to healthy and un- unhealthy foods, the Ramam doesn't say a lashon of uh, iser. He just says that it's not appropriate, that a person needs to be healthy in order to serve the Rebbe Shalom, and it's not right for a person to do things that are going to compromise their health, and then they're not going to be able to serve the Rebbe Shalom uh, properly. So it must be, says Ramosha, that, that those foods are in the category of Shomer P'sayim Hashem. So can you say that there's an iser daraisa to eat a donut? So no, it's not an iser daraisa to eat a donut, not even an iser to eat a donut. But a person should be mindful of, uh, of, uh, 
the of their health. Now, the, 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 that maybe is not such a chiddush, right? Probably most people would say it's neither nisadaraisa nor nisadrabanti the donut. The the chiddush that Moshe has is then he applies that to smoking. And he says that since it's something that everybody does, and it seems that a lot of people are totally unaffected by it, so that's what Rav David Feinstein, Zechronel of Racha, said that his father uh, died in the early 80s, and the, the, by the amount of research that had come out a few years later, it was obvious that his father would not have, uh, would not have said this way. This is not, you know, uh, some wild uh, Talmud saying, you know, some, something, uh, you know, uh, sticking some sheet into our motion. It was Rav David. Rav David was always, like we mentioned last week, he was always the one that you knew you could absolutely, absolutely be sure. He was with Rav Moshe every second of every day. He was always there. You could be sure that if he says it, they, I think they write this in uh, in that Sefer V'dibartabam uh, where uh, Rav David's Piske Alacha. So uh, Mishra Brewer already asked smoking many years before that in Lekut Amarim. Mishra Brewer they really didn't know all the effects but he heard that uh, can cause uh, can cause cancer. So uh, so he asked it as well. Nowadays the child is never about smoking anyway. No one's really interested in smoking. Everyone's interested in vaping. So uh, so the, the Shaila becomes different. It's different types of, uh, so it's ingesting tiny amounts of poison at a, at a time. So, uh, so that's, the, uh, uh, that's what everyone always, uh, always asks about. But anyway, uh, they don't ask whether it's mutter or not. They ask about kashras, the kashras of the different, uh, different flavors. Um, Okay, so, uh, so moving on. So the the uh, uh, so it says in the Midbar, the entire forty years that we were in the Midbar and the Ruch Tzvonis didn't blow. Lo hay yom shlo nashim aruch tzvonis b'chatzi alayla. At least at midnight, the Ruch Tzvonis blew. Shneimar vehi b'chatzi alayla v'Hashem hiko kol b'chor. My Talmuda, how do you see from that pasuk that the Ruch Tzvonis blew just because Hashem uh, performed makas b'chorus of chatzi alayla? Hakam hashlon deis ratzon milsihi. You see that that's a shas ratzon uh, that. Uh, that just like at that, that time a Kodesh Baruch performed Makas Bechoros, it's also in Eisrat Zod that at that time a Kodesh Baruch was going to make the Ruch Tzvonis blow, even throughout the 40 years that Klal Yisrael was, uh, was in the Midbar, where it wasn't uh, typically b- uh, blowing. Uh, the, the Gemara in the beginning of Shas, at, uh, in the beginning of Masechus Brachos, tells us that at midnight there was a particular Ruch Tzvonis that blew. That's how David HaMelech would wake up. He would have a kinor lamala merosho, and the ruach tzvonis would blow on the kinor and would wake him up each and every each and every night. So you see, dafka bechatzia leila, there is this therapeutic power of the ruach tzvonis. So now we get into the discussion of someone who's mashuch ba'arlaso. Let's say a person was not an arl in the conventional sense. He had a mila once, but then he did something to cover up the mila with the skin that was still around that area. So is that that a kohen who's mashuch ba'arlaso is allowed to eat truma because he's not really an arl. But it's only in Isamidrabanan that he's not allowed to eat Truma because he looks like an RL. He has the physical appearance of an RL, even though he's not actually halachically on a Daraisa level in an RL. So, so the Gemara asks, but there's a Brisa, doesn't it say that a Mashuk has to do Mila? So, uh, so says, answers Gemara, Midrabanan. No, that, that doesn't mean on a Daraisa level, that means Midrabanan. So, it's not a Kasha. That's exactly what Ravuna told us that a Mashuk only on a Darabanan level. Ask Gemara, Hatsarach Katan. 
Tani. Obviously, the word Sarath means Midrabanan, right? It doesn't say that a Mashach is Chayiv Bimila. It doesn't say that uh, that he's in Arach. It says that Sarach. Sarach is, is always a Lashon of a Drabanan. How could the Gemara even think that this would be a challenge to Rav Huna, who said that uh, Mashach Bar Lasso is possible but Truma Midrabanan is Kasher Midaraisa? Why is it that Sarach is a Lashon of Drabanan? So Pashtus is that Sarach is a command of what the Gavra should do. When it comes to Dinim Daraisa, we describe what is, as opposed to what the person uh, should be doing. That's what the Nesivas writes, uh, that uh, famous Nesivas, that whenever it comes to Dinim Daraisa, all Yisurim Daraisa are Yisuri Chefza, and Yisurim Darabadan are, are, are Dinim in the Gavra. That's what the Mishnah at the beginning of Masech HaSukkah, that the Malam Echafama, Yima'it. Yima'it is a Lashon, the Gemara says, is a Lashon of Midrabanan, because uh, not a Lashon of a Psul Daraisa. If you want to uh, say a Psul Daraisa, you say Pasul. Pasul means that it's a problem Midaraisa. It is. The Chefza is Pasul. When you're telling me what to do, then you're talking to the Gavra. So that would be uh, a Din Midrabanan. So the Lashon of Tzarech is a Lashon Midrabanan. So I asked the Gemara, why would I have thought that this was a Kasha on Rav Huna? Because Katai Beseifa, the, uh, the, the Makshan, made a mistake in understanding the Brisa based on the Seifa of the Brisa. Rabbi Yudomer, Lo Yimel Mnesha Sakani Hilo. The Rabbi Yudha says that a Mashuk Bar shouldn't do a Mila because he might cut himself too much and he's, it's going to be a Sakana, he's going to become a Kroshavcha and he's not going to be able to have any children. And Omelot, the Chama said back to Rabbi Yudha, during the days of Bar Kochva, there were many people that got a Mila because the Ovdik Chavim um, we were were were, uh, were, were them in Baonas in uh, in Beitar, and then Bar Bar Kuziva was uh, were, you know overpowered them, uh, defeated them, and he was a melech for two and a half years. And uh, Rashi points out, and they did mila during those two and a half years before ultimately Bar Kochva himself was killed. The Gemara Sanhedrin talks about what exactly happened with Bar Kochva. It was not, you know somewhat of a dark chapter, but uh, Bar Kochva during that time they uh, they 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 did, they, they re- did their milas after they were mashuk paralasam and validu banamu banas and they had many children. So why do you, Rabbi Yuda, why are you concerned someone's going to be mashuk paralasam is going to come across Shavcha? You see that historically there was a whole group of people that were mashuk paralasam and nothing happened to them. Shenemar himal yimal. How do I know that mashuk paralasam has to do a mila? It says himal yimal, a double lashon, which sounds like afilumei upon him. That even if a person did a mila and then it got covered up, do it again and then it got covered up, do it again. Va'omer and and the pasuk also says that uh, that esprisi affair that the rabbis says samashuk that someone who uh, doesn't do a brismila esprisi affair and that we darshan that that's the rabbis as as samashuk how is that the rabbis as samashuk it just says that someone who doesn't do a mila esprisi affair right the beginning of the pasuk is arul zachar sher lo yimol es besar arlaso v'nuksa nefshi yimayamel esprisi affair that it's someone who didn't do a mila so the beis halevi in parsha shemos explains the drasha that the lashon of hafara always implies a bit of something it's always going uh, weiter in the future like we find in uh, by Nidarim that the Baal is made for Nidre Ishto Dafka Balashon Muferlach and if he says Muterlach it's Loam or Klum and the Rush explains because the Lashon of Hafara implies Mikanu Lahaba so the Rush explains the Pasuk over here is Brisi Affair so that based on that says the Beis Alevi the Lashon of Brisi Affair is, da, is Shaykh Dafka to someone who's Mashuch and not in someone who never got a Mila because the Mashuch already had a Mila. So that's what we're saying. It's Brisi affair, not forever, but now it's Brisi affair by, by being Mashuk Bar Lasso. So that's the indication in the Pasuk that it's referring to Mashuk Bar Lasso. So before the Gemara explains,
explains what the Maksha was thinking, the Gemara first explains the Brisa. My Viomer, it said, why do I need two Psukim to, to tell me that uh, that a Mashuk Parlaso has to do a Mila, that Himalimal and Esbrisi Afer? Because you might interpret the Pasuk of Himalimal to tell me to go back and cut the Tzitzin Hamakvinus Amila, so Toshamaz, Brisi Afer, the Rabbis is a Mashuk. That's why I need a second Pasuk to reassure me that this is in fact talking about a Mashuk Parlaso that is Chayiv in Mila. So now the Gemara explains the Svara of the Maksha, who, uh, that, that according to the Chabim, you have to do a Mila on a Darais level. So who, Savar the Maksha, thought me to cut Nasvlaeshas Kra from the fact that the Chabim bring a Pasuk from the Torah to tell me that a Mashuk needs to do Mila. Doraisihi, that's an indication that it's Doraisa, even though the beginning of the Brisa just used the word Sarich, which implies the Rabbanan. But then later in the price, we quote a pasuk. So that's why the Makshan thought it's Daraisa. Velohi. But even though there's a pasuk, it's not Daraisa. Midrabanan ukra smachta bialma. It's only a din midrabanan. The pasuk is only nasmachta bialma, a remez to, uh, to this din. And therefore, it's not a kasha on Ravuna that a mashuk eats truma midaraisa. And it's only a din midrabanan that a mashuk is not allowed to eat truma. The Rashash points out that the pasuk is coming to teach me something else. Meaning, if it's only nasmachta bialma, then on a Daraisa level, the Pasuk must actually be teaching me something else. So the Rashash says it's no mystery. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daphne Tess, tells us that the Pasuk is Larabos B'nai Ketura, to come to include B'nai Ketura in, in Mila, and not uh, not anything to do with Mashiach Paralaso. So now the Gemara brings a raya against Rav Huna from a b'risa, because we're going to find the b'risa that tells me that a mashuch can even eat truma midrabanan. Rav Huna said midrabanan, he's allowed to eat truma, just midrabanan he's possible. But meisvei tumtum enoch of a truma, nashavav advochlin, the b'risa says that a tumtum is not allowed to eat truma, although his wives and servants are allowed to eat truma, um, because uh, even someone who's a wife or a servant of a vaday arel is allowed to eat truma, so tumtum is a safek arel, meaning one thing we know about he never got a bris mila, but what we don't know about him is whether he needs a bris mila because we don't know if he's a male or a female. So he's a suffolk arel. Mashuch v'nolak shumol. The brisa continues. If someone is mashuch, and that's going to be the key line for us, and someone is nolak shumol, harei elu ochlim, they get to eat truma. Sounds like lahalacha, even midrabanan, they're allowed to eat uh, truma. Androgynous ochel b'truma. Someone who's an androgynous and has a mila is allowed to eat truma because whether he's an ish, whether he's an isha, or whether he's a bria b'fneatzma, he's mizara shal arna kohen, so he's allowed to eat truma. Vein ochel b'kachim, but he's not allowed to eat. Kache uh, Kachim, because uh, the halach is Kache Kachim are only Lezichre Kuhuna. Only male Kohanim are allowed to eat Kache Kachim. And Androgynous is a suffix where he might be an Isha, he might not be, he might be a Brib of Neatzma. Tumtum enoch lobetruma vlobekachim. But tumtum is neither allowed to eat truma nor nor kachekachim because uh, if you tear him open and it turns out he's a zachar, then he's an arel, and an arel is not allowed to eat truma or uh, or kachim or any type of kachim. So uh, so so katani mihas. But the point of quoting this whole brisa is that mashuch v'nolik shumal hare elu ochlin. Then it says that a mashuch v'nolik is allowed to eat truma. Sounds like even Midrabanan is allowed to eat truma. 
Tiyufta de Rafuna, Tiyufta. So isn't that a Kasha and Rafuna who says that the Moshech needs a Mila um, and he's not allowed to eat Truma on a Durabanan level? So uh, the, the Karenor raises the question how is that a, a, a Kasha and Rafuna? Maybe the Bryce is assuming like Rabbi Yehuda that a Moshech doesn't require Mila, meaning there is a Shita in Tanayim that a Moshech does not even require Mila. The Chiddush of, uh, uh, of, of, of Rafuna is that uh, Rafuna assumes that a Moshech does require Mila. And he says, even though he requires meal, it's not a psul da rice. It's still, a psul, but it's still going to be a psul da rabbanan. Um, so, uh, so maybe the brisa tells you that it's not even a psul da rabbanan. Assuming like the other sheet in Tanaim, that he doesn't need a meal to begin with, and that's why he's allowed to teach him because there's mamish nothing wrong with him. So the karenor is miyashik that it's master from the brisa that a mashuk is dumya to a nolat kshumahul. That it's similar to the case of someone born with a mila. Someone who's nolat kshumahul requires hatavas dambris, but afal pikein until he has he's not considered an aurel and he's allowed to eat truma. I Meaning there are different dinam in mila. There's a mitzvah to do a maisa of mila. So that's the toughest dambris that you have to do for a nolik shumal. But then there's a separate thing called an aurel, that there's a psul aurel to eat truma. Someone who's born without an arla is not an aurel. So uh, so mashuk also, even though he has to be mal, he can uh, he can eat truma. So we're assuming that it's uh, that, that that this price is working with the assumption that he has to do something, that he has to that he has to be mal because it it, it, it uh, puts him together with someone who's no lag shumal. So I'm Now, just to analyze some of the details that were mentioned in this brisa, the brisa said that a tumtum is not allowed to eat shuma, but the wives and servants of a tumtum are allowed to eat shuma. Where did a tumtum find a wife? How could it be that a tumtum is going to have a wife? If you're going to say, well, what do you mean? He went over to a woman, he gave her a ring, and he said in front of two Aden, after all, the Brisa tells us that it works when a tumtum is makadish nisha, and not only that, niskadesh kiddush of kiddushin. On the chance that he's in a keva, if a man is makadesh tumtum, the kiddushin is also something that works. Says it works. It means we have to be choshesh for the kiddushin if tumtum is either makadesh or niskadesh. But lekula biyamrinan. But does that ever mean that we say that lekula that we treat the tumtum like a male and allow him therefore to do uh, to, 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 uh, uh, and allow therefore his wife who's an Isha Zara perhaps meaning maybe he's a woman and therefore there is no wife and therefore she's not married to a Kohen so you're going you're gonna to be Mekel based on the Kiddushan of a Tumtum Tumtum is a Isha an Isha cannot be Makadesh another Isha so how can it be that a Tumtum's wife is able to eat uh, to eat truma, a tumtum can't have a wife, Pitoras Vadai. And most he has a wife, Pitoras Safik. And Pitoras Safik, you're not going to be Makel. It's one thing to be Machmir, that his Kiddushin is a valid Kiddushin. We mentioned, Agav, that, the, that to be Machmir, that if he's Makadesh, a woman, that it's a valid Kiddushin. So I understand what the Chumr would be. She can't get married to anybody else without a get. What does it mean to be Machmir, that if someone's Makadeshim? That kiddush of kiddushin. Uh, if someone's mekadeshim, uh, he can't get married anyway to anybody else anyway. Meaning he's a uh, tumtum. So uh, so it, and it doesn't limit a man 
who is Makadesh somebody, the man can marry other people anyway. So the, the Nafkamina would be if, uh, if, if when you're Makadesh Tumtum, whether, whether the Kiddushin is valid or not, whether you're Asr the Makadesh in the Tumtum sister or mother, meaning you become Asr to all of the, uh, the Krovan. So that would be the Nafkamina when it comes to Tumtum. But bottom line is, our Gemara is asking, I don't understand how you could say that the wives of a Tumtum are allowed to eat Truma. A Tumtum can't have a wife where you're confident enough that this actually is his wife, and most he can have a suffolk wife. It can't be that he'll have a wife that you're confident enough that it is his wife that you can be makele and allow her to eat truma. So two answers. Amr Abaya says kishabets of nikaros mibachutz. Maybe there are testicles that are that are uh, that, that that appear outside of the you know uh, external to, to the uh, to the body, and it's only the gid that's covered by the or that's covered by the skin that uh, make him uh, incapable of having bia. But uh, but we know what he actually is. So he's a tumtum in the sense that the aver azachrus is covered, but we also know for sure that he's a male. So maybe that's the uh, that's the case. Um, the uh, Tosos raises the question. Um, if he's not a ben bia, then how, his chupa is not a chupa, and he shouldn't be able to be machal his wife truma. The Gemara says about a pchusa mi shalim that since ain biyasu bia, the chupa is not a chupa. So Tos says, no, no, it's not that ain biyasu bia. He he is a person who's capable of bia. It's just going to take some surgery. It's going to take some opening him up. So it's just that in his current state, he's not physically capable of performing bia. But uh, but he is someone who's biyasu bia. He's someone who's bimahuso. He's a person who's capable of, uh, of Bia. So that's one answer. Sabaya says, it's a tumtum that we know for sure is a male, and therefore when he's Makadish Nisha, that Isha can eat Truma on account of him. Rava Amar, my Nasha of Imo. Nasha doesn't mean his wives. It means his mom is allowed to eat Truma. If his mom is Basi Sol, that was married to a Kohen, and the Kohen died, and the only offspring she has to show for it is him, so then the mom is allowed to eat, uh, is, is allowed to eat Truma. That's all, uh, that's, all, that's all it means. So the Aruch Lener says, well, wait a second, why does it say Nashav, he only has one mother, meaning if, uh, if it means his mom, so why does it say Nashav? So he says it could be that uh, the Bryce is coming to tell me that all of the mothers, meaning Imo, Aim Aviv, Aim Avi Aviv, meaning all the, any, anyone in the family who's a Bas Yisrael that was married to a Kohen, and he's the offspring of, and he's the surviving offspring of, he could be Machu Truma back up the line. So, uh, so that's what it means when it says Nashav means Imo. Says Mari, Imo Pshita, uh, of course he's allowed to be Machu's mother Truma. So Now, I might have thought that he can't be Machil's mother Truma because he can't have offspring of his own. And only someone who's able to have children can be Machil. Someone who's not able to carry on the, the line is not able to, to be Machil Truma. So Kamashman, that's what it tells me. As long as he's alive, he's allowed to be Machil, his mother Truma. So the Gemara tries to bring a Raya uh, to Abaye against Rava from a Brisa. Again, we, ha- we asked, how can it be that a Tumtum has a wife who's going to be Truma? So Abaye says it's a Tumtum that we know for sure is male, and Rava said, no, it doesn't mean his wife, it means his mother. So Tashma, we have a price that tells us as follows, Tumtum is not allowed to eat Truma or uh, Kachim. So from the fact that it says at the end of the Brisa, again, it repeats the din of a Tumtum. The same Brisa that we recorded, that we mentioned before, repeats the din of a Tumtum at the end. So Bishlam Labai, I understand very well 
Gimel, according to Abayi, why did I say the din of the Tumtum twice? Tana Reisha Arul Vadai, Ketani Seifa Safik Arul. The Reisha was talking about a case where we knew that he's a male. Seifa was talking about a regular Tumtum, that it's not Beitz of Nikaros Mibachutz, where we don't know that he's a male. So in each case, it has to tell me that he's not allowed to eat Shuma. El Rava, Tumtum, the Seifa Lamali, but according to Rava, the Tumtum is physically the same in the Reisha and the Seifa. So why does it mention Tumtum again? So it says, my Tumtum Arul. In the Seifa, when it says Tumtum, it means a real Arul. A vaday arel. Well, hash the suffik arel loachil, vaday arel achil. Well, then why is the safe even necessary? The ratio already told me that a suffik arel is not allowed to eat truma. So what? A vaday arel is going to be allowed to eat truma? Of course, a vaday arel is also not allowed to eat truma. Why does the safe need to say it? So it says Marno matam ka amar. The safe is explanatory. It's explaining the ratio. Matam tum tumeinu achil betruma. Why is it that a tum tum can't eat truma? Mepnei she suffik arel who varaleinu achil betruma. Because a tumtum has a chashash arelus, he might be an arel, and the halacha is that an arel is not allowed to eat truma nor kachim, and that also explains, by the way, why when the sefer talks about an arel, it calls him a tumtum, meaning uh, because it's really using arel to explain the din of tumtum. Otherwise, use the word arel. Why would you use the word tumtum when you're describing an arel? So it's using the uh, the word uh, the, the the word tumtum to to explain uh, why why itake is that a tumtum is not allowed to eat truma. It's because of the chashash arelus and a real arel for sure is not allowed to eat truma. Okay, but we had this discussion whether a mashuch ba'arlaso is allowed to eat truma. So we said that according to Rav Huna, uh, yes on a daraisa level, but no on a drabanan level. So maybe that issue, whether a mashuch ba'arlaso is... Um, Requires a mila even midaraisa midrabanan is totally in a machlokas tanayim. So mashuch with the brisa says as follows: If someone is mashuch barlaso, the gershin is kairik shumol, or someone converts and he already has a bris mila, he already is circumcised. Where you need to do a tavistam bris, we do this all the time. The katan shavers mano, or a katan who's past eight days from being born, he's more than a week old, and he still doesn't have a mila. Ushar kolini molim, and anyone else who needs a bris mila la asuye arelos, including someone who has two arlas. Still, the mila has to be done dafka during the day, like a regular mila biyom hashmini. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Bismano. He says, no, only on Amila Bismana do we have such a din that the Mila has to be during the daytime, but Amila Shalom Bismana can be done. So, my love, what is this machlokas? Whether Amila Shalom Bismana has to be done by Yom. Demar Sovereign Kama must hold Moshech Daraisa, that Moshech requires Mila on a Daraisa level, and therefore his Mila must only be done during the day, just like anyone else's Chayiv and Mila Midaraisa. Umar Sovereign Moshech Darabanan. And Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon must hold that a mashuk barlaso only requires a mila midrabanan. So since he doesn't need a real mila anyway, it's only a midrabanan. So we let him do it at night. So says more of a tizbra. How you can explain that we didn't only mention mashuk uh, as as being subject to this machlok is about whether you're allowed to do mila at night. If you're going to say that the whole machlokas, whether you're allowed to do mila at night, in this category of people that the Brisa spoke about, is a machlokas whether they require a mila midaraisa midarabanan, one of the people in the category was a baby who's more than a week old. You're going to tell me someone holds that baby more than a week old is only chayv mila midarabanan, and that's why you're allowed to do mila at night? That can't be. So that must not be the explanation of the machlokas. El adukuli al mashuk v'katan shavar, mashuk drabanan, v'katan shavar zmanu daraisa. 
Everyone agrees that a mashuk parlasa only needs a milan at the level. And everyone agrees that a baby more than a week old needs a milan at the level. And over here, the machlokas is, in all these cases that we mentioned, whether you're allowed, the machlokas, whether you're allowed to do mila at night, is about a drasha. It's about whether we darshan the letter vav in the pasuk, ubayom ashmini yimol besar alaso. Marasavar darshinon ubayom, the Tanakama holds, from the extra vav in the word ubayom, we uh, include a mila that's made after yom hashmini. That it also needs to be done byom v'lo So since even a mila shalobizman has to be done byom, so when the chacham were mechayiv and mashuk bar lasso to also do mila, so they were mechayiv him to be mal like any mila is done. Called the tikkun rabban and kendaraisa tiknum. There's no such thing as a mila belayla because even a mila that's uh, that's that's uh, shalobizman was done byom. Umar savur is rabbanos rabshimon holds lo darshin. On Ubayom says that yeah the pasuk says Bayom Ashmini and therefore it teaches me that Mila is Bayom but that's only when it's Bayom Ashmini and he doesn't darshan the extra vav to tell me that even in a Mila Shalab is mana so you're right of course a baby that's more than a week old needs a Mila on a Daraisa level but that Mila could be done at night says uh, says Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon and therefore. And Mashach Bar Lasa could also be done at night, because when the Rabbanon are Misakin, it just has to be patterned after some Dindal Raisa. Ki Hadi Yasser Rabbi Yochanan Kadarish, Nosar Bismanu in Nisra Felubiyom, like Rabbi Yochanan was darshaning once, that uh, Nosar, on the day that it became Nosar, it can only be burnt during the daytime. Shalob Bismanu, but when it's already been sitting around for a while, Nisra Bebiyom Bein Belayla, then you're allowed to burn it even at night. So the Isra Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Lazar challenged Rabbi Yochanan, how can you say uh, that? Uh, how can you hold that when the Torah says that you should burn it only during the day? That's only talking about when you're sorif nosar bismano. We find when it comes to the mitzvah of mila that there's an extra vav to tell me that even the mila shalom bismana is uh, is done during the day. So you see that the extra word vav teaches me that even the mila shalom bismana is done during the day. And therefore, when the pasuk says viha nosar, we should also darshan that. No, sir, Shalom Bismano is only during the day. And even if you don't like darshaning vavs, by no, sir, it's even stronger because it doesn't say vin no, sir, it says vi. Ha nosar vav hey dar vehey darish. Everyone would hold the vav and the hey. You're going to darshin. So that was the challenge to Rabbi Yochanan. That how can you say that nosar shalom bismano that you could burn at night? So Ishtik he had nothing to answer to the challenge of Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Yochanan was blown away. He was impressed by Rabbi Lazar's koach of drasha, and therefore it, uh, he backed out. So Basad enough after Rabbi Lazar left, Rabbi Yochanan was still marveling at the uh, the, the 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 power of Rabbi Lazar's uh, ability to darshin. Some of the Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish, Rabbi Yochanan said to Rish Lakish, talking about Rabbi Lazar, Reisi Ben Pedas, Yoshev Dorish, Kemoshim Piagvura. I just saw Rabbi Lazar Ben Pedas darshaning like Moshe Mipiagvura. You have to keep in mind, Rabbi Lazar Ben Pedas was not a Tani, he was an Amori, he was a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Lazar, he's the Rabbi Lazar Stam you have throughout Shas. Rabbi Lazar that's in the Mishnayis is Rabbi Lazar Ben Shamua. So Rabbi Lazar Ben Pedas, my Talmud, look what, what kind of Talmud I have. So I'm Rish Lakish, Tidehi. Rish Lakish says, Tidehi? Masnisi. You think he made up that drasha? It's a it's a it's a mafurish abraisa. Hey chatanle, where is that mafurish abraisa? But Torah's kainim. So another tiny but plus the yomi. So Rabbi Yochanan said, Oh boy, I need a chazer Torah's kainim. So he went out for three days and he dedicated himself to relearning all of Torah's kainim. It was far but plus the and then he uh, was ma'ayin into Torah's kainim for three more months to uh, to realize that he shouldn't forget these drashas anymore. Okay, period. Now Amr Blazer Aral Shehiza. Well, again, going back to the topic of an Aral, what if an Aral perform? perform 
performs the hazaas mechatos. Does that uh, does that count? So oral she is hazaasuk sheva. The hazaa is kosher. Midadava tvulyom, just like a tvulyom. Shav pishas b'truma kosher b'parah. That even though he's asur b'truma, he's allowed to do the hazaa of the paraduma. So malat tvulyom shekin muter b'meiser, but a tvulyom is allowed to eat meiser sheni. An oral can't. But the Gemara answer is not. But who cares what he can eat? We're not talking about eating. We're talking about touching over here. And the limud is if a tvul yom who's not allowed to touch truma and nevertheless is mutar bepara, he's allowed to touch the mechatas to do the hazaa of the mechatas. An oral is allowed to touch truma. Of course, he's allowed to touch the mechatas. The Chama allow an oral to do that. Uh, so Meisve, the Gemara challenges Tumtum Shakidesh. So the, the Gemara asks from a Bryce that's going to be Mafurish and oral is not kosher to deal with Mechatas. It says Tumtum Shakidesh, Tumtum is um, is Mekadish the Mechatas. He mixes the Mechatas Kiddush Apostle. It's Apostle. Meishu Savik Oral, because he might be an oral. An oral Apostle Kadesh. Androgynous Shakidesh Kiddush Kasher, but an Androgynous would be Kasher. Rabbi Yudom Rav Androgynous Shakidesh Kiddush Absolum. That even Androgynous would be Apostle Meishu Savik Isha. Because he might be a woman, but Katani Mia Aurel the Savik Aurel Pasul Mekadesh. It says explicitly that an Aurel can't be Mekadesh the Mechatas. So it stands to reason if he can't be Mekadesh the Mechatas, he also can't be Maza the Mechatas. So Rav Yosef Hai Tana Tana the Bei Rav Yekiva. This Tana that passes the Aurel from being Maza is like the Tana the Bei Rav Yekiva. The Marbilele Aurel Ketame that includes an Aurel to have a din like a like a Tame. Did Tanya the Brisa tells us that how do I know that an Aurel is not like Truma because uh, the, the the, we had said that Rabbi Lazar thought it's because of Tosha Vesachir, and Rabbi Akiva Omer Ish Ish. Rabbi Akiva says, no, no, it's from Ish Ish Mizaraaron, where it talks about all the Psulim of Truma. So the, the fact that it says Ish twice is Lurabo Sa'aral. We had two days ago. That it's Lurabo Sa'aral. That the Aral is not allowed to eat Truma like a Tame, uh, that, 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 like all the Tameim that the Pasuk talks about. So you see that Rabbi Akiva considers an Aral like a Tame person. So according to Rabbi Akiva, an Aral is going to be Asr to touch Truma, and therefore he's also going to be also to be Maza the Mechatos because he's a Tame person. So the Brysa that says that an oral is possible from being Mechadish the Mechatos is going like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Elazar disagrees with Rabbi Akiva, holds the Makar that an oral is not allowed to eat Truma, is Xerashav of Tosha Vesachir to come Pesach. So an oral does not have a din of a, uh, of a Tame person. Okay, so Bezashem, tomorrow we'll pick up with Amar Rava, falling behind a little bit. It's a short half tomorrow. So Bezashem, we will catch up. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. 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 Thank you.